Welcome to Say Yes and Become. I'm your host, Leonard Lee, and I want to invite you to get ready to say yes. One of the most exciting and life-shaping words people say today is yes. And when we say yes to God, we become exactly who we were made to be. God is always inviting us to be his friend and to be his partner. It is an invitation to get close to him and then join him in what he wants done. Saying yes to friendship and saying yes to partnership changes everything. We're going to meet people whose yes to God has shaped their very lives and the lives of so many others. We will be encouraged, inspired, and we're going to find new ways to say yes to a friendship and partnership with God. So grab your coffee, get yourself to the gym, get ready for that bike ride, or do whatever you do when you take in a podcast and join us today as we say yes and become. Hey, welcome to Say Yes and Become. I'm your host, Leonard Lee, and I am excited to uh, have our guests today. Uh, I've known them since, oh gosh, 95. Well, that's not true. Uh, Sandy and I have been friends since high school, way back in the late 70s, early 80s, when I had a mullet and long hair. No, I didn't have a mullet then. I had feathered hair back then, and uh, and I won't even describe Sandy because she's always looked lovely. Um, and uh, she and Steve, uh, we've served in ministry together uh, quite a bit. Uh, we've prayed for each other. We have uh, loved each other's families. And so I'm just thrilled to have them here. Uh, Steve and Sandy, welcome to Say Yes and Become. And would you tell us, tell the, our listeners anything you want them to know about you? Indubitably, what they know about us. We've been we we've been married now for thirty two years, uh-huh. and um, that started our walk with. That's for me. That basically started my walk with God. Um, and so um, we've been in ministry pretty much that whole time. Um, playing, singing at churches. We're I'm a worship pastor at um, a place called Heart of Springs in Colorado Springs. And uh, I've been doing that for for at least 25 years. Sandy, what about you? What? <laughs> You're doing so well. Oh, you want me to keep going? <laughs> I just I was trying to let you interject. <clears throat> but um, I'm the better half. So that's go. that's what I'm going to interject. <laughs> yeah, there, that's perfect. Um, <laughs> no, we are thrilled to be here with you, Leonard. Um, it's just yeah. a joy. Um, just was thinking kind of going down memory lane and just thinking about our kids growing up together and, and hanging out, sharing meals, doing prayer nights. Those are some of my favorite memories really. And we've been playing music. We met through music. We've been doing music, uh, turned that over to God in 1990. And um, just, he's been awesome with that. I had a chance to, um, uh, both of us had a chance to work for Lincoln Brewster for about seven years and mm-hmm. as a manager and a marketing guy and keyboard guy. And Sandy was an ass- personal assistant and, and a fulfillment coordinator. It was ki- quite a journey. And um, that uh, eventually led us to here in Colorado. Yeah. Just yeah. a wild, wild story there. But um, yeah, so we're just... Um, thrilled that um god is so good in our life the church has been so good to us mm-hmm. and uh, we love the church we love god and um we continue to serve him and uh that's what's going on <laughs> oh man i love that i love that i i can t- i can say uh with 100 percent certainty um that your your guys uh faithfulness has led you on a on, a, on an amazing journey um, that isn't always easy, yeah. uh, but it has borne a lot of fruit in a lot of people's lives, mine included. And so I'm really grateful to see your faces, even though everybody else won't get to. Um, but I, I, our our podcast is Say Yes and Become. And the whole idea behind it is that we are what we say yes to. And, mm-hmm. uh, and God extends two amazing invitations to all of humanity. Uh, he says, would you come be close to me? Abide in me come be close and then, and then join me. I have things I want done in this world. And when we do that, he literally transforms us into someone that uh, he had already planned in advance for us to be. And uh, so 
uh, we work off of that premise, which leads me to my first question for the both of you. Uh, you can answer it together. You can answer it separately. Uh, you set the rules here. Um, what are some significant yeses to God that you can look back and go, you know what? We said yes to this and it was just so impacting on us or others around us. All right. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Wow. There's so many yeses. Um, <clears throat> I think that's just, if you can have that attitude of saying Yes, that should, I think that should be your default when God asks you to do something. It should mm -hmm. always be a yes. You, you may struggle with that. You may throw out some fleeces, but God is so good when you say yes. I think the first very, I'd say the most significant yes was um, when I met Sandy, I wasn't a Christian mm -hmm. and I fell in love with her, wanted to get married and she was like, we need counseling. Um, and so it was all, it's all about me. Yeah. No, just kidding. We need counseling. Cause you're a wacko. Yeah, and exactly. um, you're some crazed lunatic from San Francisco. And, um, and so uh, I, I was like, yeah, let's get counseling. I think that sounds good. And um, uh, a, a past, what I didn't realize, I said, I don't know any counselors. You pick a counselor. She picked the counselor. What little did I know is he worked for Billy Graham and, um, and he quickly shared the gospel with me. This is Clarence, right? That's Clarence Wolf. Oh, yes. And, uh, who passed away only a few years ago. And, um, he shared the gospel with me and I, it was exactly what I needed to hear mm. at the exact time. Uh, the Holy Spirit just lined everything up. And I said yes to that. I said yes to God. And that has changed the course of my life. Yeah. And uh, that was November 18th, 1989. And um, <clears throat> haven't looked back ever since. So that was probably the most significant. Yes, we were married um, about four months after that. What people really don't know, Leonard, though, is that instead of Steve proposing to me, I actually was the one who proposed to Steve and he said yes. So to me, that's one of the, my favorite yeses was we were <laughs> sitting in my little apartment by the Christmas tree and I said, I'm ready. Will you marry me? <laughs> so Did you get down people, on one knee, Sandy? Very few people know that. I don't think I mean, maybe I've never even shared that before. <laughs> but it's true. Uh, that's awesome. And, um, so that was, that was huge. Um, I was um, on the, I was on the path. I was just trying to become a rock and roll star. I was playing in clubs. I was, I was working in recording studios and that just really changed everything. And um, so that, that, that was the, the very first significant and probably the most important yes in my life. Hmm. Man. I love hearing that story. Uh, Sandy, what's a significant yes uh, that you would say this this one this one shaped me? Wow, um, there are so many. Um, for me, one of them was when I was a junior in high school. My dad got an invitation to go over to Japan. He had um, worked with the Japanese government on helping them launch communication satellites, so he was part of their the space program. And um, he had made 13 trips over to Japan and the company he worked for, Aerojet at the time, um, said, you know what, we need to send you over there and live there because we sent you over there 13 times. So we had the opportunity to either say yes or no to a life-changing opportunity to move overseas. And I was about to enter my senior year of high school. I know, Leonard, I had to say goodbye to Bella Vista and go over there, but I am so glad I did. Just the the people are so amazing in, and the culture is beautiful. And I loved living in Japan. I went to an international school there. Um, I got um, the one year I was there, I had a special music teacher who came just for that year mm. and he mentored me, gave me lessons. Um, so many things started um, moving forward for me with uh, my singing uh, ministry and career. I sang in, at Tokyo Baptist Church. Nice. In the heart of Tokyo uh, with their choir. And I got to do solos and started writing more music. And so, so many things happened. My friends all thought I was crazy for leaving, but saying yes. Um, 
part of what helped me say yes was going over there and seeing how big of a need there was um, for people to hear the gospel. So, and then one other thing that I got to do while I was there was teach English. And out of that too, I got to share my faith. So Mm. that really set me on a trajectory of loving missions and loving um, uh, different cultures and just being open to God's call. Yeah. Wow. You know, I love that. I, I don't think I put together in your story that um, uh, in my head, you were an, just an exchange student and I didn't put it all together that it was your dad working at Aerojet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And all it was that. a, what a thing. big deal. It was a big deal. And and we had gotten to go visit over there before we moved. And that was, we got to go visit missionaries um, in the Southern part of Japan. And again, just seeing their work and also hearing about how few people hear the gospel in Japan. Mm. So just that how ripe the field was there. Just um, so we're hoping someday we can go back. So yeah. um, we'd love to do ministry in Japan. Well, you, yeah. Next Thursday. <laughs> next Thursday. <laughs> so, um, so as, as I'm listening to you, one of the things that is a theme for both of you is uh, is uh, saying yes to, uh, to your yes has shaped your calling, uh, and that uh, for the last um, uh, almost your whole marriage, but for the last at least 25 years. Uh, you guys have been doing music ministry for people. So connect me to how the yes uh, to God shaped your calling and drew you into, into music ministry. Put that together for me. Yeah. I think for, for me, I think uh, it was um, I've been a musician since I was eight years old playing piano. And when I became a Christian, I didn't know, you know, I, what, what am I going to do with this? You know, I, before that I had played in bars and clubs and I played in rock and roll bands. What, what am I going to do with this now? I, I didn't know. And the, the church I got, you know, that I went to the, the pastor that led me to Christ, we went to this church and it was this Baptist church and the music was so foreign to me, you know, it was all yeah. orchestrated and, uh, all these hymns. I never heard a hymn in my life. And, um, and it was very formal suits and ties. And I thought, Oh, I guess, I guess I'm done with music. I guess I have to give up music. I really did think that I thought, well, I guess following God means I have to give up music. And, um, then somebody, I can't remember who, I wish I knew who it was. Somebody gave me a Charlie Peacock CD Hmm. and, and I, I go, I, I remember this guy, this guy played on my college campus. And I thought, this is Christian music, and it just <laughs> blew my it blew my mind. I had no idea there was there was this thing called contemporary Christian music, and um, so I thought, well, okay. And I I started writing songs about God and about this new faith I, I had found, and um, one thing led to another, and uh, we ended up at another church where we were serving and. They, they were a little more contemporary and we were doing uh, worship songs. And uh, I ended up working at that church as, as a part-time, very, very part-time sound person. And uh, that kind of started the whole trajectory of like church music and contemporary church music. And um, that eventually <clears throat> at the same time, I was still pursuing my recording career. So I found myself eventually in 1996, I found myself up in Seattle or moved our whole family up there. And Mm. I was working at a recording studio called Bad Animals. It was owned by Ann and Nancy Wilson of the rock group Heart. And uh, so that was pretty cool. I thought, oh man, this is awesome. I got this amazing career now. I'm doing recording, recording rock stars and movie stars. And the church, we were at a church there. And once again, I'm serving on the sound team. I was the sound team at a Antioch Bible church and uh, led by uh, Pastor Ken Hutchinson, who was a former Seahawk uh, um, uh, linebacker. And now he's a pastor at this awesome church. And um, so one day he says, 
um, we need some help with our prison ministry and we need somebody to lead worship for our prison ministry and nobody was coming forward. And so I just looked at Sandy and said, well, maybe, maybe we should do this. You know, I'd never led worship before. And so we went to, we started leading worship for the prison ministry and it was pretty exciting. I was like, this is, this is kind of neat. Maybe this is something God's calling me to do. And that led us going, really just praying and going, is this what you want us to do, God? And we felt, we kind of felt a yes from that. So we said, okay, we're going to do it. So we sold, we had a big garage sale. We sold everything and we ended up going on the road and trying to find a a church to serve, uh, do worship and ministry at. And at the meantime, we traveled up and down highway five, playing all these Christian coffee houses and um kmart parking lots and stuff like that (laughs) and and we ended up at this tiny tiny little church plant called grace center i've heard of that (laughs) and and it was at it was bizarre it was it was uh it was led by this guy called leonard lee that sandy knew of in the past i guess they went to high school together and um and it was being uh it was the church was meeting at my former high school. Hmm. Uh, this is wild. So, um, so somebody named Leonard decided, Hey, let's take a risk on these guys and, um, and let us um, lead worship there. And that really was, that really was the launching pad for worship ministry in my, in mm-hmm. our lives. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and so that was, that was really exciting. And, and, um, and we ended up there and we were there and we did, and we know, you know, we did ministry yeah. together for 10 years. So we it was did. awesome. Yeah. A whole decade of ministry. So there's, there's that story. <laughs> yeah. Except for you forgot to tell him when we were doing prison ministry, the first thing oh, yeah. I said, when we got up front, I said, have you ever felt stuck? <laughs> These are two of a room full of prisoners. <laughs> hey, have you guys ever felt stuck? Oh, Putting in mouth time. So the Lord has a way of, yeah, humbling us. And uh, it ended up being a great time though. And, and we've uh, continued doing some prison ministry. We also um, lead worship for celebrate recovery ministry. And then a few years ago, we founded our own ministry called pure worship ministries. And Mm -hmm. it's all based on, you know, what is the heart of worship? It's healing, encouraging, we want to equip God's people. We want to teach them and share the word and we want to tell our stories. So it's all about the heart, heart of worship. And we've been doing that and taking short trips around the country to um, just spread that. And we're still recording. So I started singing when I was five years old and then recording when I was about age 13. And my, the desire of my heart was to just... Um, write music and um probably in there somewhere i'd probably try to become famous or something but i really just wanted to record and um and i did write music um for my youth group and when i was in college um shared with you know chapel at biola university and things like that and um and then when i met steve though we um we tried to write pop music (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was a, a crazy attempt, yeah. but God led us back to, um, to being on the worship track and, yeah. um, and it's very fulfilling. And part of what, um, fuels us now is that after all these years of ministry, Leonard, what we've come to really understand is God's spirit dwells in the praises of his people yeah. and he, worshiping him heals us. Yeah. He is yeah. our healer. He is Jehovah Rapha. Yeah. Yeah. And so this healing journey, the music, music has been the a thread, a tapestry thread through our lives. And and but worship and honoring who he is. And I like this saying, we become what we behold. Yeah, and for me, that. entering into worship, come into his courts with thanksgiving, enter his gates with praise, um, know that he is God. And, um, especially in the past three to five years that has really deepened for me as I search the scriptures and look at, at like King David's life and just how 
um, honest he was before God and how yeah. Yeah. Um, he cried out. He was um, sometimes in anguish and sometimes in exuberant praise. And um, we can come to God just as we are. And when we just yield to him, his healing power through his Holy Spirit comes in and does a transformational work. So that's really what um, fuels our ministry now is, is understanding and experiencing firsthand God's healing power. Wow. I love that. Um, I, I, the scripture says that my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. And we sometimes read that, that sentence and we walk away going, well, my ways are not like your ways or, and my thoughts are not like your thoughts, but in reality, it's pretty blunt. It says they're not the same. They're just not. And I think that, that from my experience, the, the worship of God through, through music, um, is how I connect to his thoughts and ways in a, in a unique uh, process. Um, you know, and the scriptures are filled with some pretty significant worshipers. Uh, Moses was a worshiper. Uh, you know, David was a worshiper, as you've mentioned. Uh, there's so many Psalms written by so many different people. And then God created a people for worship. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. for the celebration and the experience of God through music. And we know, you know, we all agree that worship is, is bigger than just music, right. yes, um, yes. but music is so central to the way that God invites us into his presence uh, to heal us and to lead us and yes. to show us uh, we're not the same. We're not, we're just not, but here's a picture of my thoughts. Uh, here's a picture of my ways. Um, so I love that. Um, as you guys think through your stories of yes, um, you kind of, uh, you kind of now, um, you've been all over the country touring with people, making your own way. By the way, uh, your, um, uh, we're going to put links to all your music, all your stuff in the show notes. So um, we'll make sure anybody who wants to find you can. Um, and, uh, that will be, uh, that'll be a lot of fun for people to be able to check that out. Um, <clears throat> I remember, uh, the first Sunday you guys came to Grace Center, uh, and, uh, somebody said, uh, we had a guy leading our music and I love the guy, but he wasn't our future. Uh, we knew that and, uh, great guy. Um, and, uh, you guys came in and you didn't promote yourself at all. You didn't say, oh, we can do that. You just simply came in. And uh, I think, uh, Steve, you said, wow, I went to high school here. I didn't know there was a church here. Yeah. Something along <laughs> those lines. And Sandy came in and and somebody said, do you know who those people are? And I said, well, I, yeah, that's Steve and Sandy. I've known Sandy since we were in high school and we were friends way back in back in the day. And and no, 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 they're, they do music. And um uh, and, you know, you say we took a chance, but it just never really felt like a chance. It just yeah. felt like an opportunity uh, from God for us all to grow together, because this was a brand new church plan. I'd never pastored before. And in that 10 years, uh, we did a lot of great things. We did some stupid things <laughs> uh, and we just got to grow together. And so you guys are a significant part of, of the growth process of me learning to pastor as well. And so I just really appreciate you. Uh, here's my next question for you. Um, saying yes to God, it, it, we sometimes we talk like this and we make it sound like, wow, I said yes to this big thing here and this big thing there. Uh, but in reality, uh, there are thousands of little yeses we say sure. that lead us to the big yes. What are some small ways in which you would say we daily say yeah. yes to God in these small ways? which leads us to hearing God's voice yeah. so we can say yes to whatever else. It, it, it's a daily practice for me. Um, you know, I think of Paul when he says, you know, I, 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 I know the things I, I do ought to do, but I don't do them. Or I, you know, and, and the things I shouldn't do, I do. Um, I think for, for me, I have a, I call it the battle of the two me's. Mm. You know, I have the me that wants to say yes to God and I have the me that wants to say no. Mm. And that comes up every day. And um, so it's a, it's a, for me, it's a battle. Um, I struggle with addiction. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, struggled with alcoholism. And so I'm in recovery. And so it's a, a daily process of waking up and saying, okay, God, today, I I just need your help to just get mm. me through today. Just get me through today. And let me put my head on my pillow and, and know that I, I, I did good today. Mm. And uh, at the end of the day, try to look at my life and what did I do good? What did I do wrong? What do I need forgiveness mm. for? Um, to daily confess. Uh, James 5.16 is real for me. It's like confess our sins and um, to one another so that we can find healing, mm. right? And um, so uh, that is a is a daily practice. It's a mm. practice. I have to put it into practice. Yeah. So um, that those little yeses, are huge because um for me uh sometimes it's a hour to hour sometimes it's minute to minute mm. you know mm. can i get through can i get through the next minute without yeah. uh you know without battling with myself yeah. <laughs> and so um so to, to me those are the, the small yeses but those small yeses add up yeah. they add up to hours they add up to days they add up to years yeah and yeah. um and so that you know, when Jesus said, you know, don't be anxious for tomorrow, you know, you really do live one moment at a time, one day at a time. Yeah. And um, uh, if uh, if I if I start to think too far ahead, oh, I got to make it to, you know, the next 10 years, I'll feel defeated. But if I can say, OK, can I I just need to make it through the next hour? Yeah, I can have a, a, I can have, you know, victory with with God in that. Yeah. For me, I, in my life, I I can relate to what Steve's saying, but I, I struggle with perfectionism and, um, and trying to get affirmation through the things that I do. So through these past several years, I've really been learning that I'm a human being, not a human doing, Mm. (laughs) and that I can just rest in who God designed me to be. And so he just wants to be with me. He doesn't want anything from me. That was a huge shift for me. Um, He wants me to just be in tune with him, acknowledge him, see him, um, fellowship with him through prayer. So I usually um, just spend time praying as I go. So it's not a matter of sitting down and folding my hands and, and bowing my head. It's just as I go. I'm just, we're just together, you know? Mm. And so for me, when you talked about, you know, what does yes mean to you? Um, for me, I thought of three little words that start with why is yield and yielding just means, you know, surrendering, which was what Steve was talking about. And that just means believing that God is trustworthy. I can Mm. trust him so I can yield to him. And the E stands for embrace. I can thank God and see that he's working. So when we just, it's like coming into, um, my dad used to come home from work Mm -hmm. and I used to jump up into his arms and I could trust that he was going to catch me. And so it's that kind of faith of just ready to embrace um, and God and see that he's working. And the S is for step, uh, move in tandem with him that trust that his plans are perfect and that through everything, even the difficult things that he's going to get the glory. He is working something for my good. So that Y is yield. E is embrace. uh, Cause it's a process we're in, you know, Leonard, it's, it's not about being perfect. And I'm perfectly imperfect. (laughs) I (laughs) I am perfectly imperfect. And then the S is just stepping out in faith and just moving with God and trusting that his plans are good. Even when I can't see it, even when I can't see the outcome, like Steve was saying, I don't know what's ahead 10 years from now, but I can just rest and believe that Mm. in the moment, in the now he is with me. I love that. That's, that is so good. Um, I, I heard somebody say, if I could just be the kind of person my dog thinks I am when he sees me come into the house and, and, I, I first time I heard that I laughed. I thought, oh yeah, because my dog, he just loves me. But the truth is, is the goal isn't to be the kind of person 
my dog thinks I am, but to embrace the kind of person God thinks I am because yes. uh, of who he's made me in Christ. Right. You know, yes. that's, that's why Paul uses the word in Christ. I think more than any other phrase yeah. in his 13 letters, just in Christ, this is who I am oh, in good. Christ. And so I love the way you phrase that Sandy. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. We're going to go to break here in a second and hear from our sponsor, Papa's Roast Coffee. But before we do, I'm going to ask a question. When we come back, I'm going to let you guys think about this question uh, for a minute, and then we'll come back. Um, You guys have moved multiple places. You have been all up and down the coast in the West Coast. Now you're in the the mountain state of Colorado. You are... uh, uh, you have you have served in little churches in big churches. Um, you've served uh, in church plants. You have uh, done your own thing. Uh, that would indicate to me that God is speaking to you, uh, that you're hearing God speak. And there's a lot of folks who hear hear that phrase, God's speaking to me, but we don't we don't know. We're like, well, I don't hear him, and so I'm not even sure what the question to say yes to is. And so uh, here's what I'd like you to do when we come back. Uh, would you just kind of give a couple pro tips on how you hear God and maybe encourage somebody else out there how to listen uh, to God in um, as he speaks to them? So, hey, we'll be right back uh, with Steve and Sandy. We all know there are certain experiences that will bring to the surface a memory, an emotion, a warm feeling, or just good thoughts. For me, it's a pristine sunrise, the scent of freshly baked brownies, a meaningful song that reminds me of friendship or just being well-loved. Do you want to know what enhances each of these experiences even further? I'll tell you. What enhances each of these experiences is a great cup of coffee. That's why I love Papa's Roast Coffee. My friends, Dean and Debbie Chris, get their coffee from a single origin and roast it in small batches for that perfect flavor and shine in every bean. If you like coffee, then you're going to love Papa's Roast. Order some today at www.papasroast.com. It's roasted to perfection, shipped in eco-friendly bags, so enhance each of your daily experiences with an amazing cup of Papa's Roast today. Welcome back. Uh, we are excited to uh, be talking with Stephen Sandy Padilla, longtime friends, uh, partners in ministry. We have had a, we got a lot of stories. They got a lot of dirt on me, so I'm not going to ask any questions uh, that allow that true. to happen. It's true. Um, you guys ready for some? Okay, here we go. Here we go. You can just How about find Birkenstocks. It. Let's start with Birkenstocks. <laughs> you can find it on YouTube. Um, I tried for muscle to, shirts. Oh, well, you know, when you got muscles, you got to wear the shirt. <laughs> Um, I was, uh, I tried so hard to stay off of YouTube forever. And I was in, uh, I was in India doing this thing. Um, and I started playing around with, uh, one of the, one of the families in India and, and they recorded it and put it on YouTube. And, and then I, they called me in you know, it's 120 degrees and there's no air moving at all. And we're in Punjab and, and, and you remember those days and, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm standing there and I'm thinking to myself, what are they laughing at? And they called me and they said, look, you're on YouTube. And I was like, Oh man, (laughs) I have tried so hard and I'm dancing and I'm just being silly. you could have at least got me doing something I'm good at, but no, they didn't. So, hey, when we when we took our break, I asked you this question. Um, you guys hear from God uh, in unique ways and in and in common ways. You have listened to Him as He as He uh, invited you to be His friend. As He invited you to to allow His redemption to uh, uh, pull in your gifts and your talents. Um, you were willing to say yes if it didn't include music. Um, there's a lot of willingness for yes. You have a lot of hearing God, but there's people out there right now who are going, you know, you, I hear people say God spoke to me or God is speaking to me, but I don't know how to hear him. I don't know what he yeah. sounds like. And uh, maybe you could give some of the people listening just a couple pro tips about 
what is God sounding like? What is it? How do how do you hear Him? So uh, you guys can rock paper scissors to see who goes first. <laughs> he rock paper scissors, and I'm supposed to go first. <laughs> well, for me, I would say um, how do how do we listen to God? Um, especially if you um, struggle with that, and I just go back to Psalm 46 verse 10, which tells us, encourages us to be still Mm -hmm. and know that he is God. I believe that God reveals himself in many different ways. I think he speaks to different people differently. Some people are visual. Some people go out in creation. They go on a nature hike and they see God. They see his the work of his hands and they can worship that way. Some people hear God, they hear a song on the radio and they just feel like it's just for them. And in that moment, the Holy spirit is using that to speak to them. But I, again, I think in our hurried, busy lives, it's very difficult to stop. It's mm-hmm. very difficult to slow down and say, um, I need to spend this focused time. So for me, it starts with that being still, just quieting myself, taking time, making time, learn, leaving margin in my life so that I can connect with my creator. And sometimes I connect with him through art even, and definitely through music. Uh, that's definitely a vehicle for me. But I really encourage people to look at the things that they enjoy, look at the ways that they're wired. And I believe that God really uses those things to speak. Mm. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. No I got to clear my throat. Mm. Um, how about you, Steve? How about me? Well, I'm reminded of um, when it comes to um, hearing God, I'm reminded of a, a great philosopher I heard. His name is Steve Martin. Yeah. And, um, he said, uh, God came and spoke to me. He came and spoke to me and, um, he, he, I heard him and he, he spoke in French and I didn't understand a word he said. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, <clears throat> sometimes I think for me, it's, it, it's a bit of a struggle. I don't, you know, I don't audibly hear God. Um, but there's, you know, I think there's a wiring inside of us to know what's right, to know what's wrong. Mm. And uh, we just have to, we have to get attuned to that. We have to become spiritually aware um, of how God's working and, um, and uh, making those, that right decision, you know, putting it out there, you know, you know, do I do this or do I do that? And then asking yourself, well, what would God want? And, and believing that God would want the, the, the right thing and then choosing that right thing, whether it's hard, uh, or difficult or, you know, uh, not, not falling for, well, this one's easier. Um, but instead, which one's right, no matter how hard it may seem. Mm. And, um, I think that that's, you know, for me, uh, a key to, to hearing, uh, hearing God's leaning and hearing his, his voice, if you will. Yeah. Um, so that requires discernment that requires wisdom. Wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is something else. It's, it's, yeah. to be able, it's, it's, I always say wisdom is, you know, <clears throat> discernment is not being able to tell right from wrong It's being able to tell right from what's more right. Yeah. And so that's, you know, praying for that. God says, pray for wisdom. He'll Mm -hmm. give it to you generously. So pray for that and, and find that discernment to find what's more right and, uh, and head that direction. Mm, That's so good. I, I think, um, I think what I hear both of you saying is, uh, is that um, God's not speaking fast. He's just speaking clearly and we have to slow down to hear it. Absolutely. We have to pause. We have to be familiar uh, with what he's already said. Yes. You know? That's he's what our... I was just thinking about is that yeah. people yeah. are so I... busy now. They, they really aren't in the word and yeah, it, 
I think get, getting into the getting into the word, get into a yes. Bible study, just read yes. the word, dive into it. It's so the scriptures are infinitely deep. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people will just read the scripture and go, and then that's it. But you have to dive into it. Yeah. Um, every word means something. Every letter means something. Every mm-hmm. every uh, every verse means something. Yeah. And um, the more you dive into it, the the more you can discern who God is and His character. Right. And um, and then you can discern His and, voice. Right. You can discern really His voice, and He won't be led astray as well. I mean, there's many people out there who love to lead you astray from from what what God is, you know, uh, teaching and uh, His truths. You know, they they'll they'll say, well, you know. I got this figured out, you know, and it's like, if you know yeah. scripture, you're like, no, that's actually not true. Here's mm. what God says about that. So yeah. Yeah. that's just incredibly important. And um, especially in our, the times we're living in right now. Yeah. Part of yeah. our ministry is to encourage people to dive into the word. To, mm, to, I love that. To, um, you know, get into scripture to, to mm. understand, you know, the deep meanings of, of what's, what's there. Mm. Um I, I, and I get a chance to share that as much as possible. I shared that with my, the person that cuts my hair just the, uh, the other day, you know, she's, she's like, Oh, you know, you can't really understand everything. And I'm like, well, the more you read, the more you can understand. Yeah. And, you know, and, um, you know, we we're talking about, um, you know, just, just how deep scripture is. And yeah, so that was, that yeah. Was exciting. I was um, I'm reading a book right now called Forensic Faith by uh, uh, Jay Warner Wallace, and it's pretty good. And when I was listening and reading it, uh, I thought of you, uh, Steve, one of the things that you said, by the way, this is it was 20 years ago this year that we were in India together. And and that's right. 2002. Yeah. And I remember I remember you saying something there that stuck with me. Uh, the, it's just stuck with me all these years. Um, Leonard, you are so darn good looking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, no. You said, uh, you said one of the coming here has helped confirm the truth of the gospel. Yeah. Because if it can't be universally true, it can't be from God. Right. The gospel has to be for everyone and accessible has to be true for anyone who wants to come to God by faith. And, um, and that is, uh, that's discerning, you know, and I remember you saying that, and I have uh, since used that multiple times in my travel in my preaching, uh, just a powerful phrase. And I, I think uh, you bring up something really important is that uh, we tend to dabble at scripture um, you know, I like reading things that are inspirational and encouraging, um, but not as my, not as my time in the word. I read those things. I go, that's encouraging. That's a great sentence. I can chew on that. Or that is a, a great story. Uh, but there is no substitute for just sitting in front of God in the Bible and just going, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to chew this stuff up as much as I can. And, and uh, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big proponent of just immersing yourself in scripture. I was just in Estes Park, Colorado a few weeks back and um, uh, speaking. And one of the things that I was talking about is, is how do you disciple somebody? And I said, you, you can't make a disciple uh, without immersing them in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, right. you, know, you have to figure out ways for them to, to not dabble at it, but to yes. literally immerse and to do that. Uh, well, you got to create some margin. You got to create some space. Yes. You got to give some tools uh, to that. Um, let me let me uh, see if I can't uh, move our conversation a little more uh, a little forward here. Um, uh, we all stand on the shoulders of other people. You know, we you know whether it's education, whether it's somebody who who prayed for us, whether it is whoever it was. Uh, none of us got to where we are by ourselves. Uh, we got to where we are because somebody else said yes. And so I say it this way, we all stand on someone else's yeses. Uh, and if you guys were going to sit back and say, uh, these are the people whose yeses we stand on um, and maybe give us a description of how their yes influenced your yes, whether it was immediate or down the road, um, who would those people be and how did they do that? Hmm. 
Yeah, for me, one of the most special is Mrs. Gray. She was my third grade Sunday school teacher. Mm. And by her saying yes to God and serving in the Sunday school classroom very faithfully, um, she would open up our class with a simple song, Into Mm. My Heart, Lord Jesus. Into my heart, into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today, come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And she would do that every Hmm. week, Leonard. And there was one Sunday where I said, wow, God can come and live in my heart. I want that. Yes, Jesus, come into my heart. And it was such a pivotal moment for me because I felt him come in. I felt the difference. I felt joy once I left the classroom, you know, Mm. because before I would go to Sunday school and then I feel that joy, but that day he went with me and that changed my life. Yeah. So Mrs. Gray, thank you. Mrs. Gray. Gray. Yeah. My third grade Sunday school teacher. She said, yes. Boy. And she has no idea, but I can't wait to see her in heaven. (laughs) Is she in heaven now? Yes. Oh, okay. And she was our school librarian and she was a sweet, everyone loved Mrs. Gray. Yeah. That'll be a sweet reunion for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, um, being a musician and that's, you know, major, major part of my life, I think for me was my, my parents, you know, my dad was such a sports guy he he wanted to be a pro (laughs) baseball player he loved boxing he loved all sports and when he was young he he put me in everything he put me in baseball he put me in basketball football um and i failed miserably at all of them you know i could only catch a baseball with my head uh i couldn't the basketball i if i shot it would go over the backboard um it was just it was just a mess it was a miserable ex- existence as a child just going like gosh i'm failing so much and then and then one day we're going through a do you remember montgomery wards oh yes <laughs> yeah you just you just dated yourself so we're going through montgomery wards and they have a piano there and i must have been about seven almost eight years old and i just started playing that thing right there in the department store Mm. and they noticed that my dad noticed that went well maybe we need to get him piano lessons so they (laughs) they bought a piano and i took to it right away and after when i started when i was in got into high school they bought me a synthesizer and then they bought me a, a multi-track little cassette multi-track machine. And I started going crazy with that. So uh, I'm grateful that they, they, you know, I'm grateful that my dad gave up on trying to make me a sports guy because, yeah. um, uh, you know, he, he was, he, he had enough wisdom to go like, Oh, this is, this is what he's good at. Yeah. And, um, and, and they, they, uh, helped me pursue that so you know i'm grateful to that uh very much and then i just think down the line people that have said yes to me you know you were one of them of course and um you know i never was a worship leader in 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 any kind of vocational sense and you said yes and uh that led to uh you know lincoln brewster saying yes and uh bayside saying yes and and um you know, like you said, I worked for church, you know, I worked for your, you know, Grace Center. We were like a hundred people and then Bayside Central Roseville, a couple hundred, you know, Bayside was like, you know, so, you know, 15,000, you know, then I ended up at Sunrise Church, 1200. Now I'm at this another, now I'm at a church that's only like a couple hundred people. Yeah. And you know, it's not about the size of the church. It's about where God has called you to be. Yeah. It's about the fit of of who you are and what God is asking you to do. You know, so many people, so many, I think so many people of us in ministry get so caught up in like how big something is and that's successful. Mm. That's not successful. Success is doing exactly what God has called you to do. Yeah. And um, and so that, you know, those little yeses all down the line has led me here. 
And I, I feel like right now I'm in the height of my calling. I feel like I'm like exactly where God wants me to be. Um, it's a, so fulfilling when you find it. Yeah, too. I'm at a it's, great, yeah. a great church. We're we're small. We have a staff of three people, but we do amazing things, you know. Mm. And um, and we're in this beautiful state, and um, just God is so good. When you keep saying yes to Him, yes. He never disappoints. He never comes back void. He it, it always is just exactly where you need to be. Man, that's so good. I wrote down this question. Um, it's not on your list that I sent you. Um, connect for uh, the people listening and for myself. Um, music has changed over the years a lot. We went from the only songs we sang in church were hymns. And then the Calvary Chapel movement gave us, you know, all the praise albums. And then, uh, and then integrity music came out and, and uh, they began to give us songs that were contemporary and worship at the same time. And then, and now we have in churches all across the country. And one of the main ways we have contemporary music is worship songs. You know, we have stadiums filled with people and a guy gets up with a guitar. Keith Green pioneered a lot of that. But, you know, but that's really become a genre. And um, something happens in the heart of a person through worship. And so you guys understand worship really well uh, and, and through music and other ways. Connect for me um, what, how does worship uh, instruct, inform, enhance, strengthen your yes? Mm -hmm. um, well, I think first of all, you have to understand what worship is. It's not music. Right. That's just a form of it. Um, uh, the, the Greek word for worship, there's a couple of them. Uh, one of them means to give honor. Uh, the other word really, it, it, it has a double connotation to it. It means to do an action. It means mm -hmm. to actually, it's the equivalent of a dog lapping the hand of its master. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so to, to, to kiss, to, to kiss, right. To, yes. So it's an action. So to when love, you, when you yes. worship, you worship in spirit and truth. It's, it's a knowledge of who God is and honoring of who he is and then an action. And so that action could be anything, whether it's singing, whether it's raising your hands mm -hmm. or whether it's doing something in, in God's name. And so it, you know, you can give, if somebody's thirsty, you can give them a cold cup of water, but if you give them a cold cup of water in Jesus name, it now becomes an act of worship. Yeah. And so I think that that that's the key to knowing how that can change your perspective. Mm -hmm. So in other words, you can be worshipful 24 seven, when you do things with God in mind mm. and, um, you know, music styles will constantly change and music will constantly change. And, uh, you know, uh, I was often joked that like, maybe when we, you know, become, we get into our seventies, we're going to, we're only going to want to hear those good old songs from the nineties, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, these young people, what are they listening to? But it is, it, it has, it has so little to do with style and so much more to do with our, our heart. You know, God yeah. looks at our heart, right? Yeah. He looks at the, you know, are are we contrite? Are we humble? And, you know, how is our heart, not what the style songs we're singing. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, that's, that's really important. So mm. I, I think that, that, you know, if you struggle with, you know, songs, what songs are being sung and what style they are and what key they're in. And if they're mm -hmm. too loud or if they're too soft, you, you got the wrong attitude. You know, the attitude needs to be, 
I, the, okay, I could tell you the best worship experiences I ever had were were back in India. Those yep. are great. Everybody's mm-hmm. singing out to God. They're out of tune. They they can't. <laughs> their 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 English is incredibly broken. You know, mm-hmm. or I've been in situations where I'm in a recovery room and people are singing a worship song and they sound like pirates. <laughs> you know, and those are some of the best worship experiences. Yeah. Uh, you know, more I've had, I've, I felt closer to God in those experiences than I have an entire stadium full of thousands of people. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's the key to, to understanding what worship is, is, is mm-hmm. it's, it's about what's in our heart. You know, he, God looks at our heart, you know, we're to yeah. love Lord, our God with our, all our heart, soul, mm-hmm. mind, and strength. And then, you know, and then love our neighbor as ourselves. That's worship. Yes. Yeah, it is. That's what I really go back to is, is the Shema, which is found in Deuteronomy chapter six. And the Lord instructed his people here. O Israel, the Lord, our God is one and you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And that word Shema is the word here, right? It goes back to that Psalm 46, 10, be still and know. And I find it very interesting that the word shema begins with the sound shh yeah be still shh if that doesn't show us that god has a little bit of a sense of humor right (laughs) right he's telling us shema here hero israel hear my people hear my daughter hear my son i am your god i love you with an everlasting love i've given you my kindness you know, and his kindness leads us to repentance, right? So worship for me is, is always, I I picture worship like a car wash, you know, you, when you enter your car enters the car wash, it's not going to come out the same. You come out, your car is going to look shiny Mm -hmm. and new. And same thing when we enter worship, God is going to clean us, heal us, free us, um, bring us closer in with his spirit. He's going to speak to us. He's going to encourage us. Um, he's going to um, just restore us. He's going to, we're going to experience his forgiveness, his, and and find freedom in those moments. So for me, it just, I, I'm really encouraged, Leonard. I, I think a lot of music is actually going back to being very scripture centric, you know, biblically centered. Yeah. I see a lot more artists writing from scripture. Mm-hmm. That's something that I do. I, I just came back from a conference and, it was so fun. The leaders who lead a prayer ministry got up and they had everyone open up their Bibles and they had a few people come up front. They played a few chords and they started singing the Psalms line mm. by line, phrase by phrase. And these were new songs. These were new melodies spontaneously being created. Yeah. And then everyone in the audience started joining in and it was staggering to hear scripture being sung and that everyone was grabbing onto it and 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 just praising god and thanking him for for he is good you know his love endures forever uh, right from scripture so i'm very encouraged that new songwriters and um well new and old alike we're going back to um biblically centered songs that are deep that have a more of a depth to them does that make sense like sure sure i love just simple phrases and and simple um, hooks basically yeah um but there's something powerful when you're centered in god's word so i'm i'm so encouraged oh yeah i love that song i call it that kind of worship ancient future we both kind of call it that (laughs) yeah because it's anchored in our ancient roots of our faith but yet we're using modern instruments and modern technology Mm -hmm. to kind of bring it forward so it's ancient future worship that's what we love phil wickham is somebody that i just enjoy a lot Um, and some of his music is really coming back to just uh singing the the anthem that we are going to sing in heaven yes and uh and so i do love that i love what you're saying um help me with this thought i want to ask you this um is there a yes story from the bible that you go you know that person said yes and it it, wow and it just speaks to my heart what's your what's your favorite yes story from the bible 
mine's Paul. I mean, mm -hmm. I just keep going back to Paul all the time. I mean, if there's any greater, I don't, I can't think of any other greater evidence for the resurrection of jesus than paul mm -hmm. i mean here's a guy who is on course to probably be the head of the sanhedrin i mean he was zealous he was on you know he was going to get rid of this christian uprising this G these this jesus movement um he was learned scholared roman citizen he had everything going for him if he would have kept going that direction, he would have had probably an incredibly successful life, mm. right? In 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 man's eyes. And then he did a total 180. Yeah. I can't think of a better person than for me. I keep going back to Paul every time I have feelings of doubt, feelings of like, you know, God, are you really there? And and I get that a lot. I I I struggle with doubt a lot. Yeah. And um you know, as I was, I have a very rational, logical mind. And sometimes I can, that mind can take over and reason out the existence of a God. Mm -hmm. And I keep coming back to Paul going like, why, why would Paul say yes, other than it really happened? Jesus yeah. really appeared yeah. to him, yeah. really blinded him, really brought his sight back. Mm -hmm. And he did a total 180. Yeah. gave up that whole lifestyle to finally be beheaded in a, you know, in a, by, in a, mm -hmm. in a Roman prison. So I, you know, for me, that's, that, that is the biggest, the biggest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Ananias going to Paul, God's mm -hmm. God said, Hey, there's that guy, uh, Saul, he's in prison. He actually has to give him the address. He's on straightway and all that. And then he says, go tell him all the stuff he has to suffer for my name's sake. Right. So like, Oh, there's a message I want to deliver. Right. Hey, how you doing? Now that you can see me, and now that you're baptized, you're gonna suffer a lot, <laughs> a, a lot. lot. <laughs> yeah. So that's such a great, great uh, character of scripture, and it's it's so all over the place and forms yeah. our yes. Sandy, yeah. what's your what's your favorite yes story from the Bible? Uh, my favorite story is in the New Testament. Um, it's a woman named Mary. She was the sister of Martha and Lazarus. And, and she was the one that came with an alabaster jar filled mm. with very expensive perfume. I think it was equated to a year's wages. Isn't that right? Yeah. Um, and she broke it open and poured it on Jesus feet. And she wiped Jesus's feet with her hair and her mm. tears. And it's just such a picture of of healing right there. Mm. Just that she was a broken person and needed that touch from the Lord, but she also needed to give. And, and she was in faith pouring something out. She was pouring out her heart before God and he received her yeah. with love and forgiveness and restoration. And I, it's just such a poignant picture that nothing is wasted. God yeah uses everything in our lives, the the broken pieces, the, the shards, the things that look ugly to us, the, the things we're ashamed of, the things we don't really want people to know. Those are the areas God wants to work on and heal. And, and he sees our tears. He, it says in the Psalms that he, he captures them in, in a bottle and they're, they're in heaven and he, nothing is wasted. Nothing mm -hmm. is wasted. And he sees when we are truly wanting to have a touch from him, when we're in need of healing, he is always available. He yeah. doesn't reject us. Yeah. He's there to just love us and accept us right where we're at. Man. So good. I love, I love all those stories. Every time somebody asks me that question, I'm like, can I have 40? Right. <laughs> I can't pick one. Uh, right. They're just so good. Yeah, because initially I was going to say Moses because I just I, it's just such a, an epic story and story yeah. of faith and redemption and yeah. just such an archetype of Christ. But yeah, the story so of Mary so. is, is very very beautiful. Oh man, those are such great things. Well, you guys, I am really grateful that you have been here. I'm going to ask you one last question and then we're going to sign off. Um, uh, here's my question, and it's just sort of a, a broad general question. Is there anything else you want to say to people listening today? 
God is for you. God is for you. He is not against you. Sometimes when we do hear a no, we've prayed about something and we've gotten a no or a wait, man, that's a valley. That's a, a real difficult moment. But like I said earlier, for me, and, and I recently did receive a no from something, an opportunity I was knocking on a door and I clearly got a no and I was disappointed. I was hurt. And I was a little bit ticked off too because I <laughs> felt like it was something that was going to open to me, yeah. but it took me a few days to process and pray. And then my son said something just amazing and wise. He said, it probably wasn't meant to be that this is probably is just not the right situation. And as I thought about it and thought about all the things I didn't know about the situation, I realized God might've been protecting me from something. Mm. So sometimes even in the moment, we are disappointed. We hear a no, but we have to be willing to yield. That first why to me is yield yeah. and just trust that God is trustworthy. Even mm -hmm. if I'm struggling, if I'm struggling with the emotions of that, the impact of that, the disappointment of that, it doesn't change who he is. He is trustworthy. He knows what's best for me. Yeah. So it's going to take a process and take me a while to step back. But now I have absolute peace that that no was a divine answer. Mm. And I'm totally at peace with it. So yeah. God is for us. He is not against us. Mm. So good. So good. good. I don't think I can add to that. Oh. <laughs> that's good oh. uh just you know if i was going to say to your audience i don't know who's out there who's listening who needs to hear hear this but um uh god's not looking for perfection perfection he's looking for progress yeah. you know there's just in the the journey mm -hmm. is where it's at and um you know saying yes might mean uh it might feel like you're going backwards, but you really are going forwards. Yeah. And um, it's a daily journey and uh, the struggle is worth it. And uh, the suffering is worth it because mm. uh, when we suffer, we suffer with him. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah we, we really don't like to talk about that part. <laughs> we really no. don't like to talk about the suffering, walking in the steps of Christ and yeah. that he carried his cross and he says, yeah to us to daily pick up our cross and follow him. Yeah. And it's, that's, you know, a daily practice. Yeah. 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 I, you guys have uh, dropped some great wisdom on people, uh, some truth and a lot of grace. And I appreciate you both. Um, I'm sure we're going to get a chance to do this again sometime. And uh, I'd look forward to that and, and uh, to uh, talk about multiple other things and, and uh, we'll just tell stories on Sandy, Steve. Oh. That'll be fun. So I have to tell you this really quick. So every time we go up a little higher up in the mountains. Yeah, we, we live at 6,500 feet, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But then when we go up to 9,000 feet, we drive, we by drive a past this church, church and you'll never guess what the name of it is. Gray Center. No. No. Leonard. New beginnings. Oh, I love it. Oh, I should have known that right and off so the I bat. So I think of you every time I drive yeah, by it because that the old band I used to be in is called New Beginnings. And you used to tease me about that, like new beginnings. <laughs> I don't I don't recall. Ever you don't teasing recall that at all. You. Um, <laughs> I recall appreciating the name New Beginnings. So. <laughs> well, there is a church up here called New Beginnings. And I said, there's there's the church Leonard wants wants us to pastor. It's called New Beginnings. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> That's awesome. So, well, thanks again. I am going to let you guys get back to your daily routines and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to sign us out of here. Um, folks, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back with you next week. Uh, again, you'll find Steve and Sandy's uh, uh, pure worship and all the things that uh, they do and are doing uh, in our show notes. And so uh when you get a chance to listen, make sure you check that out as well. And these are amazing uh, friends and people. Uh, so thanks again.